Hello and welcome to the Milk and Honey podcast. My name is Farida Matthews and this podcast is all about the adventure of a relationship with Jesus. We'll be talking about life's many battles and blessings and the promises God has for us on this road trip called life. So let's get comfortable and go on this journey of discovering our purpose in God together. Welcome to episode four of the Milk and Honey podcast. I'm so excited to be with y'all today and I hope that you guys are having a delicious day. Yes, I said delicious. But today the topic coming to ya from Ed Clark is what have I learned as a worship leader in my journey of worship leading? And a light bulb literally went off in my head and I thought, I am married to a worship pastor, so why not bring him in on this conversation? So, Mr. Jamie Matthews, would you like to introduce yourself today? Hello. It is uh, wonderful to be on this podcast with Farida, Milk and Honey podcast. It's been amazing listening to them and hearing some of the feedback from it as well. So, um, yeah, great to be here. James Matthews, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself today? Did you just call me James Matthews? Yes, I did call you James. James is actually his real name, like his birth certificate name, his government name, and I enjoy it so much. I love that name. So James Matthews, tell us a little bit about yourself. So yeah, I'm married to Farida. Um, she's amazing. We've been married just over two years. I uh, moved to Bournemouth six years ago to plant St. Swithin's Church, now Love Church. Um, I'm 31 years old. I love Manchester United and Nando's. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Nando's always gets a mention in this household. I love Nando's. But yeah, so I'm not going to waste our time. Let's dive straight into this topic because as soon as I heard it, I was like, yes, Ed Clark, we are definitely exploring that. So what have I learned and what has Jamie learned, you know, on this journey of worship leading slash worship pastoring? Um, and the first question that I thought would be good to explore is actually, you know what, what is it that makes us feel called to worship leading or being a worship pastor? And Jamie, I just want to throw that out to you first, like what made you feel called to being a worship pastor yeah well i i became a christian when i was 17 and that's when i kind of claimed faith for myself and one of the first things the lord did in me was give me a passion for music i'd had a little bit of piano teaching when i was a kid so i taught myself how to play piano again i realized that i could sing a little bit and got some lessons there taught myself guitar so that i could be involved in our in our church's uh, worship team and then doing this for a little while has given more opportunities to lead and then soon discovered that worship pastoring and leading a, a worship team was something that could be done professionally and um, that you know churches would look to employ people to do this and it was it, something that I was really excited by. So it was something I began to pursue. Uh, I did a, a gap year when I was 20 and kind of took that year to um, decide whether I wanted to go into youth work or worship ministry and the Lord made it really clear in that year that it was worship ministry anytime that there was music or the opportunity to lead people in worship I just got so much more excited about the project that we were doing at the time and uh, so after that year I went and studied at London School of Theology for three years studying theology and worship I met some amazing friends some amazing musicians and worship leaders um, that really helped me develop in, in my, my worship leading. Uh, after that, I'd spent a year at a church in North Wembley 
with St. Cuthbert's working as their worship pastor and also studying on the Worship Central Academy at HDB, which is how I met Tim Matthews, who ended up planting St. Swithin's Church in Bournemouth. He invited me to a breakfast meeting at like eight o'clock in the morning in the middle of London. He clearly, and for those who know Jamie. He no. clearly did not know me very well at the that time. That is not a good idea. That, yeah. <laughs> but actually the vision for it really excited me. Uh, it wasn't even just about the worship leading. It was about his um, un- unwavering vision to see the whole of Bournemouth know Jesus. Which is amazing. Yeah, and that's always excited me. It's always kept me going. Um, so that's that's how I ended up in Bournemouth as a as a worship pastor. Amazing. And you mentioned that you went to London School of Theology to study worship and theology, which means that you know you kind of got a little bit of the biblical study behind worship and we know that worship is not just obviously this conversation is about worship leading but we know it's not just about that and sung worship of course yeah worship is is so much more than just singing our songs on a sunday though it's an incredibly important um part of our faith and one that we should we should invest in but worship you know is such a, a vast wide topic to kind of narrow it down is almost impossible but if I was to try and narrow it down anyway, it would be looking at Romans 12:1, where Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And there's a couple of things in there, I think. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So everything that we do in worship is a response to God's glory, God's mercy, God's love, God's blessing, the, the victory that Jesus has won. We only ever worship in response to the greatness of God that we have experienced in our lives. And then secondly, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Worship isn't just something that we compartmentalize for when we go to church and we sing for half an hour or however long you sing for. It's it's our whole lives. It's everything that we say and do. It's the way that we conduct ourselves with our, our friends and those that we're not friends with. It's living in a way that shows other people the love of Jesus. I think that is that is our true and proper worship. And, and it's not one or the other. I think both are vitally important, which is why we invest so much into, into both aspects, whether it's the whole life of worship or how we, how we worship on a Sunday morning when we gather as the body and we, we sing these songs together. Mm, I love that. I love viewing worship as something that we do both on a Sunday and every single day of the week. It kind of takes the onus and the pressure off us as worship leaders and worship pastors to um, feel like we've got the weight of people's worship life worship lives on our shoulders because we haven't each person's worship life is fully their own and i think that actually encouraging people to take account of that and take hold of that themselves is a really great thing but bringing it back to a sunday jamie why don't you tell me what is it like leading worship on a Sunday morning or Sunday evening gathering because obviously we're talking about worship leading here and our context of leading worship might be very different to some people who are listening but I think there are some principles that might still overlap in terms of what you're doing what you're thinking when you're actually leading people in worship so what does that look like for you 
So Love Church, you could say that we're a charismatic Anglican church. Um, we lead worship in a in a band setup. We try to sing modern songs, and one of the aims of our worship, looking at Romans 12:1, is to give people the opportunity to respond to the love of God through song and sung worship. And corporate sung worship is something that has been a mainstay throughout the the history of God's people, and it's no different now. Um, over the last couple of years, I've been looking at a series on worship by Mike Todd at Transformation Church, and their definition of worship is worship is our love expressed to God as a response to his grace towards us. And, and that's a very simple definition, and there's so much more more that could be added into that. We simply want to give people the space to express their love and affection to God. And in that space, God in his graciousness and kindness will meet us where we are so we can encounter his presence and be changed and transformed. We don't worship for that, but it's in his kindness that he meets us as and where we are in our lives. Um, all he wants from us is, is, a, is a heart full of worship and a heart in love with him. Yeah, we love a bit of Mike Todd on this podcast. I have probably mentioned him in every episode, but we thank you, Jesus, for his ministry. Um, but in that as well, like we we know that singing songs to God is more than just singing songs to God. And we know that we should come with a heart of worship. But as a worship leader, there are some practical elements because you are worshiping at the same time, but you are trying to lead people into worship, lead a band, um, do other sorts of things, which you're, I'm sure you're about to tell me right now because I'm going to ask you the question. So what, what are those things that you're doing when you're actually physically leading worship on a Sunday? Personally, I'm trying to make sure that I get all of my words right. And if I'm leading from an instrument like a guitar or a piano, making sure I don't mess up any of the chords or the notes or anything yeah, like that. And you would be surprised how many times this happens. And so many times. You pull the funniest yeah. face when you make a mistake. <laughs> oh, if only you could see the face I'm pulling now it is fairly similar to that. Um, but yeah, making sure that I get get my stuff right, keeping one ear on the band, making sure that we're doing things that we've rehearsed in practice and all that stuff. And then I've also got my eyes on the congregation. Are they do they seem like they're engaging? Do they seem like um, are they are they switched off? Are they really going for it? And there's only so much you can tell from the outside, so it's very difficult to to to, to see whether a congregation is really engaging or not. There are some you know some few indicators, I suppose, but. It's not a, not, a, not a science. It's not an exact science. No, yeah. absolutely not. But then, you know, you're watching the congregation as well. And then you've also kind of got, you know, quotation marks, one, one ear to heaven, um, trying to listen to the Holy Spirit and, and always being willing to be guided by where he leads. Because, you know, he's the one who inspires our worship. Mm. He's the one who, who speaks to us. He's the one who's spoken to our worship leaders in the week about what songs to pick and and all that good stuff. Um, so trying to make sure I get my stuff down. The band is tight. The congregation, if they're, if they're not going for it, it's asking the Lord, Lord, what's going on here? What are you doing? Where, where do you want me to lead next? Because mm. um, all we're trying to do when we lead worship is serve our congregation. Like I love my church. I love our congregation. And I want to serve them. I want to help them in their worship as they find their voice as they express their worship to the Lord. My prayer for our congregation is that we we move beyond 
what I call kind of Christian karaoke, where we just sing what's the the songs that are on the screen, the words that are on the screen, because they're the ones that someone has picked. But I pray that one day, you know, we'll be able to move away from that somewhat and be able to express our love to God in our own words, in our own ways. And um, yeah. yeah, that's my hope for our worship. Yeah, and we really try to encourage um, a culture of spontaneity and, and singing out your own song to God because we know that we all have a song to sing to God. Yeah. Um, and what I think I love about leading worship with you because we led worship together before we actually got married. But um, what I love about leading worship with you is the fact that we kind of complement each other because where I suck completely at leading bands Jamie is incredible at doing that. But what that allows me to do is kind of be away with the spirit. Um, And there are times where I know that, so there's a thing where we say, worship leaders, try and keep your eyes open to see, you know, what's going on with the congregation. Um, And I am the complete opposite where my eyes will be closed because I'm just having a moment with Jesus. Um, And I love that because actually having Jamie on the other side means that there's kind of like that dual dual thing going on where you can look at the congregation and um, I'm away with the spirit and out of that kind of we birth songs out of that so I love the fact that we are so different in our styles of leading worship but when we come together it's kind of like the full picture of what we wish one person could do. I am completely biased but Farida is one of the most phenomenal worship leaders I've come across. He has to say that. He's my husband. I don't have to say that, but (laughs) I will say it because it's true. The way that she hears the spirit and is so bold to to just sing out whatever it is that she feels the Lord is giving her in that moment is something I'm not so good at, but Farida is so confident with it and it's something that I'm growing in and actually being able to lead with her has really inspired me and taught me so much about leading worship and to any of the worship leaders on our team who are listening to this just go for it if you feel the lord giving you something go for it yeah and i always want to encourage people like i was not that person when i first started leading worship but after hearing a lot about the fact that we have our own songs to sing to god it was like you know what i need to find what god is speaking to me about what god is impressing on my heart and i need to share that and in a way i found that actually when i go to that place and i get a song um, that i can sing over the congregation it blesses them and they are able to worship god through that so i think that there is an element of boldness in stepping out in that but it does take growth um and it's not something that just happens overnight so Mm. we're just caveating it with that yeah and i think from a congregation's perspective it can certainly feel a little bit weird when your worship leader is saying sing out your own song and you may not know what to say or or anything like that you may not feel like you have the words i would just say keep it really simple to start with if if thank you jesus is all that you have or i love you jesus is all that you have I mean, let's be honest, there are worse places to start than that, right? I mean, begin to recall the things that Jesus has done in your life, whether it was a year ago, a week ago, or, or in on that day. Just begin to thank him, and, and rather than internalizing it, just speak it out, and then begin to try and put melodies to that and yeah. other words, and that'll be... That'll be an incredible place to start as you begin to find, as Fried was saying, your own voice, your own expression of worship, rather than relying on other people 
um, spoon-feeding you the words, I guess. Maybe that's not the right term. Yeah, but essentially waiting for the correct worship song to come yeah. on in order to to worship God, yeah. which I think is a, is a very dangerous place for us Christians to get into where we feel like, oh, it has to be spirit breakout has to come on in order for the spirit to break out. And that's a really trivial like example. But like for me, I love the song King of My Heart. So when it comes on, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm here ready and waiting to meet you. But it can get really easy to get into that space where you're waiting for that song. And I think what um, having songs of your own and singing out songs of your own does is it challenges us as Christians to find our own expression of what God is saying to us in the moment during worship, or it could be during the week, whatever it is, it challenges us to hear God's voice. And I think it teaches us to actually seek out his voice as we walk through our journey with him. Absolutely. And I think that one thing that we need to do as the church is shake off our complacency when it comes to worship and Mm. own our worship, own how and when and how often we express our worship to the Lord. I think it's fair to say that we're in an incredibly best position as the church. We're so well resourced when you look at the incredible songs coming out of out of Hillsong and Elevation and Bethel and and we started making lists all of now. these all of these other incredible <laughs> never churches make never make lists um, all of these incredible churches that were providing such great worship for us there's no reason why we can't be listening to these songs and and worshiping uh, along with them rather than just listening and consuming but also not just allowing them to be the only expression we have but to find our own words and our own ways of expressing our love to to what uh, to the lord and yeah like that whole feeling of complacency um is definitely something that we've had to work through um i've definitely had to work through through my journey um you just get into seasons where you're like oh actually i've gotten in a rut with worship and even yeah and just finding different ways of expressing that worship and that love to God can really break that rut and break that complacency. So it's like actually challenging ourselves to remove ourselves from those seasons rather than get um, okay with being sat in the season of complacency, I think is what um, that spontaneous aspect comes in with and actually encouraging ourselves to listen to other forms of worship. Like crazy thing, I've definitely gotten into liturgies in lockdown, which is weird for me but I am like so pleased with how much I'm finding God in a liturgy Um, and I just never would have thought to do that but actually I'd gotten into a place where I was like I need something new I need something fresh Um, and having those moments of new and fresh things that you introduce into your worship life can be so life-giving and can bring you so much joy and bring you to a deeper place of worship with God so yeah I encourage you guys to definitely branch out um, take ownership of your worship and you know sing a new song to God yeah absolutely but yeah so obviously we're not in church we're not gathering as the not in the building not in the building yes but we are, we are the still the capital C church but we are not gathering um, like we would on a Sunday and worshiping together congregationally but we are still worshiping online shout out anybody who's hopped online in this covid19 pandemic you are absolutely 
absolutely incredible and um, we're praying for you if that is you but we've journeyed through that these last few months and figuring figuring out what worship looks like in this space has been quite different but I just wanted to you know have a conversation around like what have we found that has been different around leading worship virtually and also what do you think that it has done to the concept of worship for other people as well i just miss the people i miss being in the same same room with people worshiping i i love it and i just miss it so much i think one of the things that we've found though is that the emphasis is is even more so not that it wasn't before on on the congregation and on the people worshiping along at home the emphasis is on them to really engage with with worship with you know with the videos that we've been creating and the services we've been putting together no one's watching you you don't have to put on a facade for anyone you you don't have to to fake it on a sunday morning or anything you're on your own no one's there to to judge you or anything like that it's up to you if you want to engage with this or not if you want to invest in your worship it's up to you no one's there to, to no one's there to watch you the only person who's watching you is is god yeah um so is that yeah and it brings into mind um the verse in matthew 6 6 which says but when you pray obviously interchange it for worship here but when you worship go into your room close the door and worship to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and i just love that the concept of the fact that we knew that we were always worshiping to god we knew that we worship our heavenly father but now in lockdown it's even more pronounced that actually in that space in your home the only person that you are worshiping to is your heavenly father there is no one else around you not putting on a show for anyone else exactly and i love that aspect of what lockdown has brought into worship of the fact that we know that no matter what our heavenly father is still with us and his presence is still in that space and we can worship him fully knowing that Mm. um so i think that that's exciting yeah i i think one one of my favorite things we've been doing in lockdown is tuesday and sunday evenings we've been doing live worship on facebook um from from our our spare room or anyone else who's leading from their homes and having kind of the live chat on facebook and still being able to um chat and involve people who are watching and ensuring that they are engaging rather than just consuming and spectating worship is never a spectator sport it's always inclusive uh, and that's been one of my favorite things to do is to be able to just offer like live prayer in quotation marks and just be able to engage people with the holy spirit in that way has been has been so life-giving to me personally mm. um, and i pray it's been a blessing to those who have been tuning in yeah it's been a journey guys but um i'm just aware of time but also aware that we haven't really spoken about worship leading that much but we've spoken about like wider worship and kind of what that looks like um but really wanted to do like a quick fire round um so jamie when you are first looking for a worship leader what qualities do you look for in a worship leader like just throw out some big words like you know that they always use like character you know competency things like that those are the ones that i was going to use so character um, you've got you've got to love you've got to love the Lord, um, and there has to be an element of competency. We're asking people to play music on stage in front of people. I would never ask someone to do something that, that I didn't think that they were capable of doing. 
um, but character trumps everything if you are in love with the lord and you you want to learn and you want to keep growing in your gifting um, and you're ready for honestly you're ready for the scrutiny that comes with being put on stage and living to a higher standard than would be expected of someone who wasn't a leader then i would love to work with you um and then i'm gonna take this one do you have to lead from an instrument no you do not i am full testament of the fact that you do not need to play any instruments to be able to lead a congregation in worship so i don't play a guitar i like to say i dabble in a guitar she doesn't but some of the some of the best (laughs) some of the best worship leaders on this planet don't play instruments yeah so no you don't that's a big misconception um and then last one for the quick fire round do you write any songs oh yeah i've written a couple um we we obviously released an ep a couple of years ago um love church oh yeah shameless plug rise up by love church worship it's on all of your favorite streaming platforms yep um and then uh frida and i've written a song during lockdown that we are close to having finalized um and recorded uh we need to put our vocals down yes we do um you see live and in color we are still working on the song (laughs) but um yeah so exciting times we write songs together and we are really excited to be able to do that as a married couple it's very cute i know i I know my heart is breaking (laughs) how cute it is but yes and last question which i'm going to leave us with today is who is inspiring you out there in the world of worship leading thought we'd end on a nice light one who has been who have you been looking to and saying you know what actually the way they lead worship there's something in that that i can really learn from and grow in i can go first if you're still yeah go on okay so so for me i love the way stephanie and amanda stephanie gretzinger and amanda cook lead worship um both on their own and both together stephanie because Oh gosh, every time I watch her lead worship, it's almost like she's discovering Jesus again. In like, And she does this every set and it's remarkable. It's like the beauty and the awe of Jesus is made new and afresh for her every single time she worships. And I would love to get to a place where every single time I worship, I am receiving a new revelation of who Jesus is to the point where I'm brought to my knees again. So that for me is something that I've been looking at and very inspired by. What about you, Jamie Matthews? Well, I mean, there's there's so many like throughout the years. Um, at the moment, I'm loving what Elevation are doing. Their latest album, Graves Into Gardens, is an absolute masterpiece musically mm. um theologically it's just the songs are just incredible um so i'm loving what they're doing i love how joel houston writes songs um i think his creativity and, and the way that he expresses that through his songs is just incredible um tim hughes is just one of the best leaders i I've, i know that's what makes him a fantastic worship leader um yeah. It's his heart and, and the fact that he's just an incredible leader. Um, and has the best dimples. Look, we always have to talk about the dimples when we bring up Tim Hughes. Tim, if you hear this podcast, I'm so sorry for my wife. I'm so sorry, Tim, but your dimples are just great. And I'm not even ashamed to say it. 
But I think we should end there before we descend into chaos. Thank you guys so, so much for joining us on this podcast this week. We hope that our ramblings and inner workings of our minds have enlightened you in some form to what worship leading for us is like but you know the wider sense of worship and i hope that it's encouraged you to discover a new facet of your worship life this week 